So, Billy, welcome back to the Airwaves. New Christmas single cover of Love Is All Around. Except we've changed the word love to Christmas. Yes. Uh, is that an important message to you, Bill? <laughs> Not really, Mike. Christmas is a time for people with someone they love in their lives. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And I'm Jeremy. And uh, this week we are kicking off Christmas week with all the feels and everything and, um, by talking about a 2003 Christmas rom-com called Love Actually. But before we get into the movie, this week we are going to start off like we start off all the other uh, Weekly Real Podcast episodes by talking about our podcast ritual. So for those of you who are checking us out for the first time, this is where we kind of warm up, me and Jeremy, and we talk about a notable movie or TV show that we've watched in the last week. So Jeremy, what, uh, what, what have you been watching? So pretty much, I don't. I feel like I haven't had the urge to watch any new stuff recently because sometimes you just, uh, some weeks you just feel like watching the same old stuff. Uh, I apparently went on a little bit of a Tom Cruise binge. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I watched Jack Reacher first, just because I remember talking about it a bit. Uh, was that last week? So then yeah. I was like, okay, I'll watch Jack Reacher again. That was good. And then I knew I had to do it. I'm, re- I'm re-watching Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> oh. And I'm, at, I'm at the part where pretty much uh, Ethan Hunt and... Uh, all Henry Cavill and all that stuff are in the, the helicopters. So I got through with my favorite scene, you know, of of Tom Cruise running through the the, the streets, and man, it's so good. The movie's so good, dude. Especially yeah, dude. when Tom Cruise runs, man. I was I was dying because it just never he just doesn't stop. <laughs> he just yeah, keeps I running. I didn't think that anyone could top. The Mission Impossible three rooftop uh, running scenes because <laughs> yeah, that seemed like it went on forever, but man, they did in Fallout. <laughs> and I, I just remember us watch, watching it in theaters. I was dying watching this movie. I mean, like I, one, I was just having a good time overall. But when he was running, I'm like, man, Tom Cruise lo- really does look like he's running forty miles an hour. <laughs> you know, to him, he can run forty miles an hour, and at least. On the outside, that's what at least he, he looks like he's running 40 miles an hour. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> so. during, <laughs> during those running, that running scene especially, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's literally the only scene within Fallout where you kind of relax. and Because I felt like that my first viewing at the theater, it was hard to enjoy because I was on edge the entire movie. I, I It's like I, it, like, I was... Like, uh, like gripping hard on the on, on the seat. I, I I was sitting at the edge of my seat. I couldn't get comfortable because, man, that that was such a ride, you know. Yeah, that that Mission Impossible movie was definitely like a roller coaster ride, and you're like tense all the time. And which is surprising, like it's he's running like crazy, but it's like okay, Tom Cruise is just gonna be running for a long time, 
and that's fine <laughs> you know what i mean but he, like you said it goes on for an extended amount of time where it's like yeah it's like oh i'm still having a good time but i can take a little bit a little bit of a breather while tom breather. cruise is, is losing his breath on screen i know because i mean especially man um especially after seas not season uh what mission impossible 2 maybe even 3 there were just times, especially the the last three movies, uh, starting with Ghost Protocol. There are certain parts within the Mission Impossible series where it's like, "Oh my goodness, he's doing this! He really is doing this!" And I feel like obviously each Mission Impossible has at least one of those, uh, and I felt like Fallout had like six or seven of those. It was yeah. just nuts. Yeah, he Tom Cruise definitely topped himself in Fallout. That's why I'm scared of for for Tom Cruise's well being for <laughs> number seven. So it's like, man, how can you top? top how can you top six? Because just the, I don't know, Mission Impossible just keeps getting better. Unlike the Fast and Furious franchise, where it just gets exponentially worse. Yeah, I mean, but they're still <laughs> doing crazy nonsensical shit. Anyway, <laughs> for me this week. Uh, I was able to watch something new, surprisingly. Um, and actually, over the weekend, I dedicated pretty much most of my viewing to watching this. It was on Disney+. Plus. It's a three-part miniseries, and it got released I don't know, the next, uh, in the previous couple weeks, like maybe in late November. It's the Beatles' Get Back, um, <gasps> I guess, mi- three-part miniseries. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. First of all, it was just cool to be able to just, I don't know, see this footage and how they were able to clean up the audio, all of the video. It it looked like literally we were uh, we were on a time heist and we got to actually see them actually, you know, rehearse and everything and interact with one another and, and that whole thing. It was a blast from the past. I felt like it, it was as good as anything that I've ever seen, like literally anything that I've ever seen, because I heard that there was like 50 hours worth of footage, maybe a hundred, 150. I forget the exact number uh, hours worth of audio recordings. Cause you know, that's what they were doing was just recording music and everything for their final um, album as together as a, as a band. But you can kind of see like what their creative process was. Um, it was cool to obviously see the whole historical aspect. Um, but for me, the creative process was like my favorite thing to watch because you got to see musical geniuses basically still at the peak of their powers, like literally come up with some of these most, some of the most iconic songs on the fly. And, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to give up too much uh, of the thing. True. It's a it's a little bit of a time commitment because it's almost eight hours uh, worth Ooh. of uh, footage um, that divided into three parts. But if you do like the Beatles, like even varying degrees, you could be a fanatic or you can like, you know, be a fan of some of their songs or whatever. And if you are into content creation I highly recommend it because then you get to see how some of the greatest of all time, like craft their creative process. And for me, I thought it was inspiring. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I, I actually kind of want to watch it again. Cause I know I missed a lot. Dude, that sounds like a really good time because it's like, I've seen the, the ads for it 
And I was just wondering, I'm like, oh, is, is this actually going to be good? Or are they just using like whatever Beatles stuff they have and they just want to make money off of it? But I didn't know it was already out. And it sounds like it's really good. And I do, I am, I love uh, at least documentaries like that where you kind of get to see what was happening like that you haven't really seen before. And especially with the Beatles, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh look into what was happening behind the scenes too so i'm glad that you mentioned it and i forgot that it's on disney plus so the ads haven't been working at least on me (laughs) um but i'm glad that it it sounds good yeah because i um i mean without giving specifics away like they were talking about obviously when that whole time period uh came out and you know it was in conjunction with the let it be uh movie i think that came out uh the documentary Everyone thought that the Beatles were broken up for a particular reason, but it turns out it gets portrayed that it, that's not necessarily what happened. And that's probably like the best way I can describe Mm. it without having giving away like specific um, like spoilers or whatever. But um, I thought it was just such a very interesting watch. I, I really did like it. And, for me, like just listening to some of the songs that, you know, are on the album and then, you know, the 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 songs that they were even just covering from like different artists that were, you know, around the time in 1969. Oh, man, dude, it's, it was so good. Uh, you should definitely uh, you should definitely watch it. Just kind of watch it here and there or whatever, because it is a, a bit of a time commitment. It's eight. It's almost eight hours. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's like watching the the Snyder cut of Justice League two times. <laughs> so. Exactly, dude. It's like working an entire <laughs> or watching that for an entire shift at work. <laughs> that's true. That too. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, it's a lot. It's like uh, Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. Yep, that's <laughs> back to back. <laughs> crap. Oh, man. So, you know, usually uh, on Tuesdays, we do run a poll. And this past Tuesday, we did run a a poll from our previous episode, which was episode 51, uh, which was our eighth and final uh, episode on our MCU rewatch. And so, Jeremy, do you want to let the audience know what the poll was that we ran? Yeah, so the poll was, or we asked, uh, since the start of the MCU Infinity Saga in 2008, who had the best character arc basically from 2008 to Endgame? It could either be the choices, the two choices were Tony Stark or Steve Rogers. So it's either Iron Man, Captain America. And it was a really, really close poll this time. At 54%, they voted Tony Stark, Iron Man, oh. as the as the better character arc and either, like i can see that it's like a civil war you know it's almost 50 50 yeah yeah i mean again america voted for or actually the world i should say i think people in other countries listen to us but uh yeah they disagreed with us but i feel like really you can't go wrong with either choice because man both character arcs are so good and there are valid arguments on either side yeah like both sides like they've gone through so much and so much together too so i i don't blame them for choosing either either way yeah exactly and so um we run these polls again just wanted to remind you guys we run it every tuesday after our main show 
Uh, Jeremy, where do we normally run these polls? So it's going to be at Weekly Real on Instagram and on Twitter. Yes, we just do it on those two. We try to simplify it a little bit. And so uh, this week, Jeremy, you know, we're about to... We're, we're almost in Christmas. Man, I can't believe it's almost Christmas. That's, it's just so it's nuts. almost the end of the year, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, Christmas is just a few more days away. Go get your Christmas presents, guys. And I don't know, buy a buy a DVD of Love Actually for your, for your grandma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. You can probably find it in the bargain bin. Uh, and, that, and that's not saying that's a bad thing. I think there's just a lot. There's a lot of high quality movies that just happen to be in the bargain bin it's just because they've been a little you know just older right yeah yeah it's this is definitely an older movie now considering yeah. i'm like exactly. dang Liam neeson looks so young <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll definitely get into that a little bit later on but yeah jeremy this week i just wanted to say i and i won't try to sing this part because yeah i don't know i i i, I can't do it <laughs> i don't know but, man <laughs> I don't know. I might. I might want to try. It. Nah, no, nah, no, nah, not not this time. But to quote Billy Mac, I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. That was one Christmas way to start the movie. is all around me, and so the feeling grows. Yeah, I I, I decided to just sing it. <laughs> But today, we're not going to sing anymore. I I promise you. I promise you. We're actually just going to talk about the 2003 Christmas romantic comedy, Love Actually. And so before we get started, uh, we're going to issue our usual spoiler warning, our 18-year spoiler warning in this case. And uh, unfortunately, it's not available to stream just yet. But I mean, this. I feel like this movie will be available like on various uh, streaming services throughout the year um but currently as of what December 15th would which is where we're um recording this podcast it's available to rent on Amazon, Apple, Redbox, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um I mean, let's get into it. I mean, let's jump right into the double feature. And just as a reminder, the double feature is where I come up with a topic that Jeremy has not heard of. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask and vice versa. And so for my half of the double feature, I wanted to bring this up. And so one of the most iconic scenes of Love Actually is when Mark, who is played by Andrew Lincoln, a.k.a. Rick Grimes. Rick Grimes. (laughs) Yeah. He ends up stopping by to visit Juliet, which is uh, Kira Knightley's um, character, to confess his love for basically his best friend's new wife uh, by, you know, visiting. He's got these giant cue cards and, you know, he's, you know, being all sneaky. But basically the, I guess the, man, basically the message was to me, you are perfect and my wasted heart will always uh, will love you. And so basically he's confessing his love to Juliet. Dude. So, mm-hmm. wow, that was a lot. So, Jeremy, for my half of the double feature, my question to you is, do you think this is a romantic gesture that breaks your heart? Or do you think this is just creepy and totally out of bounds since this is his best friend's wife? 
Where do you land on oh, this? Oh, dude, that's tough, man. Because <laughs> uh, I've, 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 I've been thinking about it ever since watching it. Because, of course, I've, it's become a meme, of yeah. course. Uh, but I've never seen the movie before. So I'm, I'm kind of expecting it. And, man, just his whole storyline, uh, Andrew Lincoln's storyline, just threw me for a loop. It's like, oh, no, he likes his best friend. I was like, oh, it's okay. I like it. You know, it's 2003, but it's modern. Yeah, you know, I was like, nothing oh, wrong okay. with that. It's like, I, yeah, I totally, like, bought it. And then later on, it's like, oh, no, really? And, well, I'm, I'm sure that it's like, he likes freaking Kira Knightley this whole time. And, but, okay. Oh man, <laughs> that's tough. You know, I'm gonna be probably like most people. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I'm gonna say it was a romantic gesture in itself oh. because I don't know, man. It just just the way he did it and her reaction, but it, it totally could have gone sideways immediately. Like she just get slapped, or freaking um, the newlywed husband could have easily stepped in there like what the what the hell are you doing dude <laughs> yeah. but no he's just chilling on the couch Freaking... yeah and his tv admittedly was uh was pretty loud so yeah he wouldn't been wouldn't have been able to hear the quote-unquote carolers that mm-hmm. uh he, he was pretending to portray i'm gonna say i think it was a romantic gesture uh yeah it, i guess he he could have done it but it, at the at the same time it's like then it becomes on uh the character of Kira Knightley's part to be like dude I'm married what what are you doing but you know I I like uh, but then she wasn't you know I was like what girl what are you doing Oof. so I thought you hated she, him she, she even ran after him and gave him a, a gave him a kiss I was like oh no yeah. I mean yeah see it's like for for him for Andrew Lincoln's for Rick you know, um, you know he he told her and just walked away, right? Like he, I don't think he ever planned on telling her, and it's just like he would have just left it at that. I think so. I, in a way, I feel like it was a romantic gesture. It is kind of out of bounds because that is his best friend's girl, and they're married. Uh, but man, she like I I don't know. I guess it was too romantic that she was like. <laughs> Rick Grimes, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was the it was the boombox playing. Was the Silent yeah. Night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy crap! I forgot. Oh shoot! Oh man! But uh, ah man, thinking about that question, I gotta go the other way. Only because mm. okay, here uh, it, it, here's the caveat. It's okay. kind of related to an earlier scene where obviously Juliet's trying to. I don't know, you know, because she thinks that he's avoiding her, that he doesn't like her or whatever, because obviously, you know, he is best friends with um, Chuetel's character. I forgot his name, uh, but um, Baron yeah, Mordo. He, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Mordo. <laughs> That's Doctor, yeah. That's Doctor Strange. <laughs> Mordo. Oh, shoot. But um, yeah, he, she visits him, you know, and, and because, you know, he, he ends up you know, obviously um, capturing footage from the wedding. And she knows that. And he's got his little handheld camcorder. 
And bro, when obviously he, he doesn't do a really good job of hiding the tape, first of all, it's like out in the open. And obviously he probably didn't expect her to things like and the fact that he labeled it uh so and so's wedding already. It's like, you mean this thing that's labeled? And but man, when we see the footage, total creeper status. It's like okay, it starts off all cinematic and stuff because you yep. know she's walking down the aisle. Yeah. But dude, the like after the first couple shots where it's like literally just close-ups of her or just like her laughing or her it, it it was just totally creeper status. So that by the time he drops by um to pretend to be a caroler and he's confessing his love and everything. Yeah, you kind of feel for him a little bit because, you know, you can't you can't control who you have feelings for. I get it. But man, that's your best friend's brand new wife. And you know what? If you had something to say, you couldn't have done this before the uh, I know, the wedding. <laughs> I know, seriously. Like, dude, <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That's tough. That's a tough situation. Because I do agree. Some of the shots that he took where it's like it's just her and he's clearly cropping out his best friend <laughs> from from the picture. From you the can picture. barely see like his limbs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a bit creepy. But at the same time, it's like he could have easily been like, yeah, I love you. Like right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was like, oh, yeah, you weren't supposed to see that. And uh, I'm leaving. You can show yourself out pretty much. So it's like, yeah. in a way, it's like he, he, like he said, he could have handled it better. But in the situation that, that he came up to, I feel like the, he probably did the best thing that he could. In, but then the cue cards thing, I don't know, man. It's like, uh, it's J- like yeah, Julie, he could have told her. Juliet didn't help uh, the matters. She definitely made it worse. I will definitely agree with you on that because she didn't need to do all that. And the I feel like she was smitten by his uh, photog- uh by his uh video videographer skills. <laughs> he's like, "Damn, yeah. I I look hella good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Dang. You captured me so beautifully." It's like, "Oh, on this <laughs> on this digicam." <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Dang. All, all those DVs." <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think that it would have it would definitely been more more shaky video. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no freaking anyway getting all technical over here oh shoot all right my question for you man though because <laughs> it's a lot happens in this movie at first i was gonna uh, i was thinking like this is there's so much thing so many things that happen in this movie and i want to ask you i don't know if i hope it doesn't relate to your question but i want to ask you what was what frustrated you the most in this movie what moment or like scene was like dude really or come on like just say something something like that like what frustrated you the most Ooh, man there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of frustration that went into watching this movie i mean i i think my real answer would be that whole triangle that we just discussed on my half of the the double feature but to, to i guess vary it up a little bit i feel like it was Emma Thompson and uh, Professor oh, Snape. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or maybe uh, Hans Gruber, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Hans Gruber, Die Hard, Christmas I, movie. It is, Chris, it. it is Christmas anyway. <laughs> hey, you know what? Actually, Harry Potter is actually a Christmas movie, too. He just loves Christmas movies. Alan Rickman. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, I, I dude, I I couldn't get a feel like feel from him like early on. I was like, dude, obviously, what was it? Her name Mia or something? The short hair. Yeah, girl? yeah, the the one that was like his secretary or something. Yeah, obviously yeah. she was literally throwing herself at him, and I'm like, oh well, yeah, it's Professor Snape. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. She definitely watched the Harry Potter movies. I know she's a huge fan of uh, Slytherin, uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like, um, you know, obviously they had a family. There were you know times when it seemed like they were happy, uh, but then, man, as as the movie went along and you're you're seeing, especially that one scene, even though like. Uh, Rowan Atkinson makes a beautiful, like, random cameo, <laughs> yeah. like, like uh, a Mr. Bean esque cameo. Um, I felt like with that whole storyline, as it went along throughout the movie, I was just like, oh man, I don't want to. <laughs> I I just don't like when people are just taking advantage of it because it seemed like Emma Thompson's character seemed like a nice. She seemed like a nice lady. She was uh, obviously what the prime minister's sister and everything. And, um, you know, she's taking care of her family, her kids and everything. And for him to just fall for, you know, someone that's just easy and convenient. It was just very frustrating to me. Yeah. I I thought that was because I think it's the most tragic one definitely out of the the storylines because it's like you you see that the Emma Thompson character is so like she's real and she's actually nice and she was helping Liam Neeson and all that stuff and I was like oh is something happening between her and Liam Neeson and I'm like oh no never mind they actually don't really acknowledge each other <laughs> again but uh, then you find out about the whole family dynamic and I was like dude Snape what are you doing man <laughs> it's like always deceiving people. Um, Hans Gruber, man, <laughs> and, uh, throw him off another building. <laughs> I know, just do it, man. Freaking, where's where's Bruce Willis when you need him? <laughs> uh, but I agree, that that definitely frustrated me. But the, I think for me, the more obvious choice, because I do like your choice as well. But it's the whole Colin Frissel storyline. Like you said, Ooh. you could have easily cut out some storylines just to make some either make the runtime shorter or give more time to the better storylines. Mm-hmm. Like I wish Liam Neeson's storyline had more screen time, uh, him and his stepson, but then we get more freaking Colin Frissel. Who's just trying to like score on girls pretty much. He's like, Oh, it's cause you know, British girls are stuck up or whatever. I need to go to America. I'm like, ah. it's like, come on, dude. It's like, are we re- like, are we going to focus this on a freaking Christmas movie and not on Liam Neeson? Yeah, we we actually did. Uh, we I felt like we didn't need that whole storyline at all. But I mean, we'll get to this a little bit later on. It did produce some uh, funny cameos and interesting cameos that I was like, whoa, I know those people. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. We might have to point those out a little bit later, too, because yeah. I, I'm just thinking also, uh, I feel like the whole Andrew Lincoln, Keira Knightley storyline could have used more time, too. It's like it's like yeah. they're I for, I, I sometimes I forgot I'm like oh yeah we didn't we haven't seen these characters in a while yeah um, I guess that's uh the trouble of like you know when you're you know involving so many characters and they end up being so intertwined as well 
it would have been nice to get a little bit more background as to what their dynamic was before the wedding, you know, because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like um, Andrew Lincoln's character did really, you know, love his best friend because, I mean, he went out, he, he, he will go out of his way. I mean, in, during the wedding, obviously, he came up with a surprise, even though he's like, oh, you're not doing a surprise. Like, nah, nah, I, I, I'm just trying to take care of Coral. Yeah, Coral. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wrong, wrong. Uh, we're not on your show that comes out like freaking to seven years later, or whatever. No, no, no. I love that one where, where yeah, he dies. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert for The Walking Dead season three. season. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, well, we reached a part of the. Uh, the episode where we like to involve you guys, the audience. And, you know, like, I've, there's so much to talk about in Love Actually. I mean, we'll definitely get into more topics after the break. But before that, we wanted to ask you guys, what is your favorite Christmas romantic comedy? And so, actually, Jeremy, do you have one real quick? Yeah, real quick. I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I feel like it's Nicolas Cage's version of It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> And it's uh, the Family Man, <laughs> so oh, it's like shoot. that's all I need to say. Nicholas Cage's version of the, uh, of It's a Wonderful Life. So the Family Man, I think, is a good Christmas movie, like because it focuses obviously on family and has Nicholas Cage. So I th- that's all mm. I have to say. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it, but yeah, anything with Nicholas Cage is gonna be good, regardless. Entertaining at least. At least. Oh man. Yeah, for me, um, I got to go with the uh, Shop Around the Corner remake, 1998's You've Got Mail, uh, with uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Um, yeah, That's even though the, obviously, <laughs> obviously the technology is really outdated, um, I don't know. I, I, It's really cool just to see you know two actors have, who have really good chemistry, obviously from Sleepless in Seattle, um, which is, I guess, one of the best rom-com movies of all time. Uh, you get I to watch it. Yeah, I know exactly, and you get to you know have them in New York, in you know in the middle of the holiday season and everything, and then obviously throwing a little bit of Dave Chappelle, and you got a, I don't know, winning combination in my book. I agree. I forgot that was a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I actually had to look up uh, Christmas movies just to double check that I didn't miss anything. But anyway. Um, So if you want to chime in on what your favorite Christmas romantic comedy is, feel free to send us a tweet on the Twitters. Uh, What is our handle? It's going to be at Weekly Real. Yes. And uh, if you want to get us a list of uh, your favorite Christmas rom-coms, you can also send us an email, you know, you know, prefer that sort of, uh, I guess, form of communication. Uh, What is our email uh, it's going to be uh, like our initials of the podcast, right? Uh, T-W-W-R-Podcast at gmail.com. Right, hey, we have two W. We have two W's in our initials. Yeah, we, weekly. It's, you know, we, we come out every week. So it's like, you know, you got to put extra W's. Yeah, the weekly, weekly reel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right that that's definitely not right uh but our actual email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com so jeremy let's take a quick break 
All right. Welcome back from the break. And uh, Jeremy, I mean, we haven't done we haven't done so in a couple of weeks, but let's go talk weekly real awards this time for love, actually. And so uh, the first award that I do want to give out is our Get Help Award for favorite co- uh, co- favorite comedic scene, I should say. And so, Jeremy, do you have a uh, Get Help Award winner? You know, I I really like the Liam Neeson and his son uh, and his son's storyline. I just re- I don't know. I find that storyline like really cute in a way. You know, because it's like his mom just died and uh, just trying to figure all that stuff out. But yet, like Liam Neeson's so worried for his stepson that something's wrong, and then he's like, "I'm in love." I'm like, what? Dude, and then just Liam Neeson's reaction too. It's like you're in love. It's like what the heck? It's like that's it. <laughs> it's like what do you mean? It's like the love, uh, like the the agony of love, or whatever, whatever he was He's saying. Like, like, oh, like yes, oh, no. it's like yeah, you're right. It's like I was I was laughing in that moment because it's like I like humor like that, especially with Liam Neeson where he, he's most of the time playing a pretty serious character and him yeah. being kind of like relaxed. I, I don't know. I really like that scene and their chemistry as uh, father and son. Okay. Just randomly. I don't know if this is my sixth sense of humor, um, but just kind of related to This is not my, my get help award winner, but I just uh-huh. wanted to throw that dynamic because you mentioned Liam Neeson's character. Do you remember when he's talking to, I think it's Emma Thompson because you know, she's helping him out. Mm-hmm. And remember he was, obviously still worried about he didn't know what was uh troubling his son stepson anyway and then remember he was like man i could tell he's been crying all the time and i don't you know you know he's sad and he's sad about something he's always crying and then he started busting out crying just randomly oh, yeah. <laughs> and when he started crying when he started crying i know i shouldn't be because you know at the time we were thinking about oh maybe he's sad about his mom dying but yeah. i just started cracking up and then emma was like no one likes a sissy <laughs> yeah yeah i i like that too that was a good one and what's, yeah. what was weird, though, is I thought Liam Neeson was faking it at first. It was like <laughs> a really yeah, that's, fake that's cry. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, he was just like stern face. And then he's like, <laughs> it's like, what? Liam Neeson, what happened? It's like, I thought he was faking it at first. Yeah. Sa- same here. But I was like, oh, shoot, he's crying. And why is this so funny to me? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Emma Thompson's uh, line just like yeah. solidified that too. No one likes a sissy or whatever it was <laughs> she said. It was so good. That was a good one. <laughs> anyway, my real Get Help Award winner is kind of a um, kind of an underrated one, actually. And I kind of wanted to give some love to the Prime Minister, who was played by <gasps> Hugh Grant. Yeah, and that's so, a good storyline too. Yeah. So um, remember, uh, the Prime Minister gets a Christmas card from Natalie. Yep. And after that, he goes, he starts to look for her because he's like, oh my goodness, she likes me. And you know what? I like her too. And so like, remember he's going from house to house. And one of the houses that he visits happens to be uh, with the little, three oh, little yeah. girls. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, they're all asking, say, hey, uh, do you want to, are you going to be singing some carols? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> But then, like, the girls are, like, hella cute and stuff. Please, can you please sing a... That's, like, the best uh, English uh, accent, British accent that I got. But then, all of a sudden, he just starts belting out, out of all the Christmas songs, he busts out with Good King Wenceslas. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And then he's like, good king Wenslow. He starts saying pretty good. Yeah. But then, dude, it kicks it to another level when his security <laughs> guy just like starts. I was like, oh my God, this is so funny to me. Yeah. And he was totally unexpected. Like he he looked at his uh, his bodyguard like, pretty much like, <laughs> the heck? This whole time you could sing? <laughs> I know. It was like so unexpected. He was like hella surprised. And then it's like, oh. And then it was like a nod of approval while he's mm-hmm. still singing. And I, it was just a subtle thing. It, but I was like, dude, I felt like that just, that cracked. I don't know. I was so, I was oh, I was just dying when that yeah, happened. Yeah, that, that was definitely a good one. <laughs> Shoot. All right, let's get into our next award. And, uh, you know, we have, this one's been one of our favorites, uh, I guess, over the past, what, almost three seasons. We like to give out the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. But, Jeremy, just wanted to throw in a little bit of a caveat, you know, throw in a little bit of vari- variation. Not only are we giving out the I Am Groot Award for favorite character, but we want to open it up to, you know, favorite couple. So, go ahead. For me, and you mentioned them, it's going to be the Prime Minister and Natalie. I think hmm. it was, I think it's a, it's such a... It's weird. It's like it's like a high school little romance, but then they're like adults, and one of them's the prime minister. So it's like it's <laughs> yeah. it's crazy, uh, and just the way that they interact with each other, I feel like is so uh, cute in a way, and the way they just like even his status doesn't like really mean anything to him in that in that situation, and oh, man. I don't know, it just it was funny also when they're like oh it's like uh do you, uh, the prime minister would be like do you know natalie to asking other people it's like oh you mean the chubby girl like <laughs> it's like so what so <laughs> yeah it's like dang all these people uh, but he, i found it cute too that he was like what she's not that chubby or whatever like pretty yeah. much it's like oh this guy defending uh natalie and all that stuff and it all culminates in in the you know, the Christmas play that happens later on in the movie. Yeah. So I, I like that story. Out, when they start making out in a, a secret place. And they yeah. end up being center stage. Yeah, seriously. But I thought that was a more, like, interesting storyline of the movie. Yeah, it was. It, I thought it was entertaining. I mean, Hugh Grant's always uh, played that, you know, romantic comedy, kind of bumbling, you know. That character, he plays it really well. I mean... He even has like a, uh, I guess, a performance where he's like dancing and stuff. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's totally <laughs> yeah, Hugh Grant right now. <laughs> I was like, what the? It's like, does he have music playing all over the place or is he just dancing? I was trying to like put myself in that other person's shoes that he runs into. He's like, oh, I, I guess music wasn't playing. He's <laughs> just dancing yeah, he's all like, over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But just to kind of add what you were saying, I, I think they revealed that, you know, like... Wait, what was their name again? Was it Emily? No. You, you, Emily? Natalie. Natalie, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie's character, it seems like he has like a type because I think uh, he loves that body type. <laughs> and I feel like, dude, I feel like that's any dude. Like, we like who we like. You know, whatever body type. So, anyway. Yeah, it's like Emma Thompson had to point it out. It's like, oh, so be careful with this one. It's like, oh, too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to switch things up. Well, Going back uh, with the whole I Am Groot Award, I I have a favorite character. Just wanted to mention it. I started singing his song. I just love Billy Mac because it's it's completely different than what we've you know what we see from you know all the different yeah. storylines with all the characters. 
dude, it had me from that opening scene. I was like, what am I watching right now? And he's just singing so off key. Um, you know, he's recording his, I guess, variation of his love is all around me song mm-hmm. hit song and they're just <laughs> literally just changing up the lyrics from love to christmas is all around me which is pretty funny uh but dude every promo appearance yeah <laughs> to promote that song is just so good and my favorite is when yes. I, it's like a mtv uh spot but i think it's i i forget what the british version of that is but when Every, you know, like two hosts were like, oh, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like he's obviously being just like a menace. You know, he's just, he's just out of pocket. But then, you know, he's like, oh yeah, I got to do it for the kids or, or whatever he says. And he, but then Mm -hmm. the quote, he goes, hiya kids, (laughs) here's an important message from your uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. And then like the two hosts are like, oh yeah, all right. And then he continues become a pop star and they give them for free <laughs> I was like oh my god i didn't yeah, see I that coming because <laughs> when he said don't because he, he didn't say don't do drugs he said don't buy don't drugs, buy oh, drugs. oh here it comes here it's coming <laughs> yeah i was like but that was his his jokes are always funny too that yeah dude one. and then he was always like messing with his manager and everything so that's always fun <laughs> All right, Jeremy, let's get into our next award, which is our Stanley Award. I mean, we just finished our MCU rewatch last week. And so um, this movie had a lot of a lot of actors and actresses Mm -hmm. in it. And it also had a lot of cameos. And so who's your winner for the Stanley Award for best cameo? Oh, I have to I have to give it to him. It's uh, Mr. President Billy Bob Thornton. Bob Thornton. <laughs> Billy Bob, dude, I was I was so caught off guard because it's like okay, whatever. We're just keep, we're gonna keep on going. I was like, okay, the Prime Minister is gonna meet the the President of the United States, and then I was like, it's forty five minutes into the movie, and freaking Billy Bob Thornton comes in. <laughs> it's like, dude, and it's like, wow. He, Billy Bob Thorne would play the president. <laughs> a sleazy ass one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, they really don't like Americans in this movie. <laughs> I'm just no, saying. It was, it was literally from a point of view of all the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and and later, I I, I don't know. They kind of irked me when um, Hugh Grant was like giving that speech, like basically because he got mad at uh, the. U.S. President Billy Bob Thornton for messing with Natalie, and rightfully so, being mad. But it's like, obviously, pa- some passive stuff happened on, uh, like in the whole press thing. I was like, yeah. w- w- was that a good, uh, you know, thing to say that you know after? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know if that for was relations very good... for for relations between the two countries. Yeah, for the, basically for letting two... a girl girl in between them. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know, man. It's like that was kind of irresponsible, but it, like he could have handled it off off stage. But yeah, yeah I was like, that was kind of cringy to me. I was like, just because the girl, you're gonna go go to war with, <laughs> go go to war with the U.S., huh? Man, that that would be very interesting if we had a Billy Bob Thornton. If we just had him specifically as our pre- actual president. <laughs> Just Billy Bob Thornton. Just Billy Bob. It's just not even Thornton. Just Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So for my winner, 
the Stanley Award for Best Cameo. It happened at the very end. And you were talking about and basically shitting all over Colin Frizzle's um, storyline. But it did yield a cameo from Shannon Elizabeth, who plays Harriet, who was the sexy one, I guess. Shannon Elizabeth, at the very end, uh, she's the taller one uh, who gets introduced because there was two girls. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Elizabeth is the one that was made famous in American Pie. And I remember having a huge crush on her on, on that movie, that first American Pie in, in 1999. And so when I saw this and I was like, oh, my goodness, it brought back memories, man. Oh, dude, I thought you were going to say uh, Denise Richards. And I have to look it up on IMDb just because it's like uh, where yeah. she appears at the very end from at the airport and stuff. I was like, oh, it's the girl yeah. from Starship Troopers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, that's why I was like, it's the girl before uh, uh, Denise Richards. Okay, <laughs> I have to, I have to remember that part because obviously Colin's stuff didn't resonate too well. But, but I agree that there, I felt like there was a lot of cameos on his end. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, oh, okay, because they showed her in that one scene. Obviously, they're about to have a, I guess, a three or no foursome. I guess. And uh, they show her walking to the thing, but you don't get to see who it is until obviously the very end. Spoiler alert, obviously, because, you know, we're talking spoilers. But yeah, Shannon Elizabeth, for those of you who, I guess, grew up watching American Pie, um, y'all know her very well. So that being said, let's get into our next award. The I Had a Date Award Mm. for Favorite Romantic Scene. Jeremy, who's your winner? Okay, so we haven't mentioned this couple yet really uh the colin firth storyline pretty much and Mm. i thought like it was it was kind of a weird uh storyline for him it was kind of mixed in terms of like it being entertaining but my i think it's the most romantic scene because of they don't understand each other from like he speaks english he speaks portuguese and the line that just hit hit me i was like oh that's so good was when he says uh, the happiest part of my day is driving you home. You. Yeah. And yeah. then she responds back in Portuguese and that he doesn't understand. And he's, she's like, the saddest part of my day is leaving you. I'm like, Oh, Oh, these two. It's like, dang, these lines, man. It's like, dang, that's so good. You know what? <laughs> I agree with you. That's actually the one that I have as well, really? because I mean, it, it ultimately ends up, you know, obviously the whole thing where he, he's got, he's got the whole village and her family and stuff like mm-hmm. following her when he you know fly you know flies out to see her, and they reveal that he's been lear- obviously like learning por- uh, Portuguese and basically wanting to I guess confess and I guess she he proposed right I forgot yeah yeah he was asking to marry her marry her exactly so he asked. In very broken Portuguese, it didn't uh, obviously translate fully. Yeah. And then we get the reveal that she had been learning English. And obviously, also, Mm -hmm. again, the English didn't really fully translate. But just that whole love transcends languages barrier. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it all started with your um, I had a date winner because that's really mine also. It was so good. I was like, oh, man. I think that's when this movie you know, uh, kicked it up a notch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, that, that storyline could have used more more scenes too. So, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know. 
I know. Even some of the stuff was a little cringy, like when the whole, like, all of his pages went in and then yeah, they just literally just came up with a gratuitous spot so that you can just undress and jump into the, uh, the, the, the pond or whatever it was. Yeah, it's like, come on. It wasn't that windy. <laughs> exactly. It's like all those papers, really? I know. Well, Jeremy, we have reached the part of the episode where we've got breaking rights. And you know what? In recent weeks, Jeremy... After it being down, what eight to four has started eight to, to close the gap. I'm like, oh man, yeah. I knew, I knew my large lead was <laughs> was going to be short lived. <laughs> I was like, it, it felt unnatural. So, currently for the guest of Rotten Tomato score, I happen to be up nine to seven. Got a little bit of wiggle room, but still, um, things are tightening up. And so, Jeremy, do you want to guess what uh, Love Actually got for Rotten Tomato score? This is such a hard guess, man. It's like, I don't know what to guess for this movie. Because I feel like there are some people that really like it. Some people that really don't like it. But I have to think from the critic's perspective. So I'm going to guess 53%. Ooh, okay. We, I don't think we're going to tie this week. <laughs> because Uh-oh. I am going to be a little bit more optimistic. I think it's going to be one of those borderline fresh movies because mm. there are some really funny and good, innovative, it's a little bit different type of, um, I guess, scenes. It's not all, like, cliched too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing 64%. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so the, let, the cast what? is good, too, so... Yeah, so let me check now. Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened, I know for sure. With a tomato meter of 64%. Holy crap, what? I've never gotten it exactly in my life. 64? Dang. And exactly. I actually mentioned this to Jeremy actually offline. I was like, dude, this is actually my third uh, thing. I... I had guessed two other scores prior. I don't remember what it was, but this was the number that I ultimately landed on. Dang, Holy man. 64, Whew. huh? Okay, I'm glad I didn't try to go for higher, though. Yeah. Do you want to uh, guess what the audience score was? Uh, 85? Oh, not that high, but it was higher hmm. at 72%. I can see that, too. Yeah. So man. The, the updated score now going into next week. 10 to 7. Uh, so kind of widening that gap. Uh, I, we're getting too close. So I, I'm still really wanting that belt for the first time. So Yeah. <laughs> but before we get into next week, let's give our final award of the uh, the episode. The I Love You 3000 award where we rate Love Actually from 1 to 3000. So Jeremy, how would you rate it? I'm going to give it a 1,800 out of 3,000, so that's 60%. I would put borderlines. Like, sometimes I feel like it, it was good. Uh, there were some scenes I really liked, some scenes I thought they could have completely thrown out of the movie. Uh, so, yeah, I think 60%. I wouldn't mind seeing it on TV if it's just plain, but I definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't put it on for the family <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um, there's uh some scenes especially with uh everett ross <laughs> yeah Mar- yeah martin freeman's character martin freeman yeah bilbo baggins yeah. yeah so it's like uh yeah not the most family friendly christmas movie to be playing but it did have its moments so yeah, 1800 yeah well i 
I think I, I guess I liked it a little bit more. Uh, I think just mm-hmm. because it's um, different, because uh, you know, like when you get into rom coms, there there's that cliche part. It's like, oh, they're gonna end up together. But I felt like there was a good range of where. I guess mm, that's true. Well, the modern relationship would end up, especially in 2003. I'm giving it a 2001, which is about 60, about two thirds, 66.7%. So, again, mm. that's right about where Rotten Tomatoes had it. And so I kind of agree with where it landed. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I can see that. I can see why people like this movie too. I, I didn't mind it. I, I, I'm glad that I watched it too. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad too. Uh, but I think I think we're in agreement that if they would have cut out maybe at least two couples or whatever, two of the storylines, it would have given the other storylines, the more interesting ones, a little bit more time to breathe, uh, and you know, just kind of develop a little bit more chemistry with uh, on-screen chemistry with one another. Yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah. So, Jeremy, for next week, do you want to preview a certain movie that we've been looking forward to? Yeah, I, I, there's this little indie movie coming out called yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> Wait, it's uh, from Indianapolis? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. Payne Manning. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Peter's identity is out, and he'll need some help in fixing whatever mess is happening in the universe in Spider-Man No Way Home. Super vague, because I don't want to spoil myself. I'm not going to do more research on what this movie is all about. I just know that Spider-Man messed up something, and he has to go fix it. (laughs) Yeah, just like the other two movies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Within the MCU, anyway. But, um, yeah, uh, it's it's a movie that I'm kind of anticipating as well. Just just slightly. Just a little bit. And you know what? Who knows? We might have a weekly real podcast first next week. You're just going to have to tune in next week to find out what that first is. So before we close out the episode, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug for the upcoming week? Yeah. I mean, if you want to follow me on the social media, I haven't really been posting anything, been kind of busy, uh, still working on my little project, but it's, if you want updates on that, it's going to be at JP underscore flicks on Twitter. All right. And so for me, I will mention this. I am hoping to work on a project soon. I I won't announce it yet because uh, I need to kind of, you know, line the ducks up. Uh, I don't know if that's the right saying, but I need to do that. So for now, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at freekenna. Um, hopefully in the next week or so, hopefully things will start to materialize just a little bit. Um, so, uh, as soon as it's ready, I'll definitely announce that on one of these episodes upcoming. And so Jeremy, before we close out the episode, any final thoughts on love actually, maybe on any one of the couples that we haven't mentioned yet? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think just overall, like you said, the one thing that I really appreciated about this movie was actually not knowing because in romantic movies, it's like you just assume that they're going to get together by the end of the movie. They're going to by the second act, they're going to separate and then third act get back together. But mm-hmm. in this one, you you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, even with something like the stepson, right, of Liam Neeson, it's like you don't know whether or not the girl is actually going to fly to America or not. Uh, if yeah. he's actually going to get his chance to confess to her, or if um, 
uh, what's his name? Alan Rickman's character. Yeah. <laughs> ba- basically, he's going to like stay with his wife. Yeah, Snape yeah. or... <laughs> um, is actually gonna like stay with his wife and all that stuff. So it's in that way, it's unpredictable for a romantic movie, and I that's one thing I appreciated about it. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with you. I I didn't know where a lot of these storylines were gonna end up, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I just want to throw some love a little bit to some of the other characters that we didn't get a chance to mention. Uh, dude, it was pretty crazy to see. Hector Escaton from uh, <laughs> Rodrigo Santoro mm-hmm. from Westworld. He definitely looked like Dean Kane from Superman for whatever reason. <laughs> he had the weird kind of mullety hair. Um, we got to see that uh, the I guess Jim Carrey's wife from Truman Show, Laura Linney, is in this. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was like, man, she really looked like, um, or Brie Larson looks like a young Laura Linney. <laughs> that's what i was thinking it's like the heck is going on yeah there's just so much to talk about i guess in terms of the thing uh we just uh weren't able to get through all of the characters just because i feel like the the more iconic storylines we did get to talk about Mm -hmm. you know especially with the rick grimes Grimes. yeah so um yeah i mean i'm really glad that we did this type of movie uh it's definitely definitely a breath of fresh air before we jump right back into the MCU for the third <laughs> yeah. time in five weeks. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, definitely glad to have talked about another rom-com. It had been a while, um, you know, especially with it being Christmas uh, this coming Saturday, which is uh, pretty cool. So we definitely want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Happy, what, Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, all the holidays that are around here. And so on behalf of Jeremy... And the Weekly Real podcast, all the guests, actually, that we've had so far in the first three seasons, we want to wish you happy holidays, and we'll see you next time on The Real.